Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Love Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. This is number 46. It is um, Tuesday, November 10th. We are just a few days away now from the official start of the college basketball season, and we have a few uh, few exciting topics left here, <laughs> I guess, to hit before before seasons tip off. And, and today is the final podcast in our, our season preview series, so excited to kind of check this one off the list and, and move into, you know, actual basketball and some actual games. And, and today we're hitting the Michigan State Spartans, um, one of the Big Ten's uh, two Final Four teams last year, uh, nation's leading <laughs> two teams. But um, to help break down the Spartans, we have Adam Biggers from Today's U. Uh, Adam, how you doing? I'm doing well, Thomas. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Excited to have you on and excited to kind of – Getting to the Spartans here, uh, heading into the the new year. <laughs> um, so, so before I guess we jump into any specifics on the team, the roster, anything like that, what what are kind of the general general feelings coming into the season? Obviously, a exciting year last year, but um, what are the thoughts uh, heading into this season? I mean, I think there's a just talking to guys. There's on the the thought of unfinished business. You know, Bryn Forbes has talked about it. Denzel Valentine's talked about it. Um, I'm sure the other guys have too, but specifically that I've that I've spoken with uh, Denzel Valentine and, and Bryn Forbes definitely have that you know unfinished business kind of thing going. Uh, Gavin Schilling as well, losing you know by 81-61 to Duke in the Final Four, definitely left a bad taste in their mouth. It's um, it's something that it motivates them. You know, it's not to where it's a negative uh, to. <laughs> That they just kind of hang their heads on it. It's something that just really pushes them. So I think that's that's the general feeling coming in this year. I think they think that they can do it. And you know, you have Denzel Valentine leading the way, and uh, he he's definitely intent. They're they're not, you know, they didn't get to where they wanted to last year, and that's that's definitely what's pushing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and last year, um, you know, I, I obviously we're going to focus on on next year or this year, I should say, but. Um, but, you know, last year was a really interesting season for Michigan State. You know, I I kind of generally, you know, I did some retrospective posts on all the Big Ten. And in Michigan State's, I, I kept calling it bizarre because, I mean, at least from my perspective, it was, you know, one week they would be up, the next week they'd be down. And it, it seemed like it was almost random. Uh, is, did you have the same feeling last year? Yeah, there was no way in, in – uh... Can I say hell? <laughs> there was no way in hell. I thought that they were a Final Four team um, last year. They were not playing like it. I thought, you know, they they get into March, things things will be different. But there was, you know, there was a short time where they appeared to be a bubble team, and I want to say it was probably around mid February. I was at a game, and uh, I asked Travis Trice, and I asked, I think I asked him again on Senior Day. You know, they were still kind of waiting, but I think I think you know. 
people who watch enough Michigan State basketball know that you know they could be you know an eight seed, a nine seed. They've done it before and get to the final four. So it's um it's it's all about just getting into March. So no, I I did not think they were a final four team last year in the slightest bit. I thought that um you know the word the word bizarre, yeah, that that would definitely uh, probably be one that I would use to describe it. Surprise um out of the blue. You know, there's a lot of terms I think you can use, but yeah, bizarre bizarre season, successful season, uh but a bizarre mm-hmm. season. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was just an interesting one cuz you know, normally a team, you know, they might start slow and kind of build or, you know, uh start up high and kind of trend down, but but yeah, Michigan State was kind of all over the place, but obviously ended up in the final four and had a successful year. But uh but with that, uh why don't we why don't we jump into the roster here? Uh in the backcourt, Michigan State, they're losing a a key contributor in Travis Trice, but they do bring back a few few contributors uh in Tom Tom uh Forbes, uh, what do you expect out of the backcourt this year? Well, yeah, and, and mentioning Travis, you know, he was he was a huge reason. He was a senior on admission, so and I think that's and Brandon Dawson was too, but especially Travis, I think, and um, you know, Denzel and Bryn are are seniors, and Matt Costello, and they they kind of have that same feeling. So going as going back to the first question about how you know the general feeling coming in, uh, replacing Travis isn't going to be easy at all. Tom Tom though has proven you know, that he's capable of running that offense. He's he's got to be as those fastest point guard. I would I would say uh, he's just as fast as Keith Appling, just as fast as Kalen Lucas, if not faster. I remember when Keith got recruited, there was a little little joke going on between him and Kalen on who was faster. So I think Tom Tom's actually quicker than both of those guys. Uh, he needs he needs to shoot better. He's not he's not the best shooter. Uh, his free throw shooting wasn't wasn't great either last year. I don't have the stats in front of me, but nobody as a team they shot like 62.4 percent or something like that, or 64.2. Uh, not not good either way. Uh, Burn Forbes is going to be huge. He's already you know we we've talked about him. I think last time I, I spoke with you, he's put on muscle. Uh, he looked I mean he just looked stronger. You can tell uh, you know a lot of upper body strength and then the shoulders. It's probably probably going to help him. You know if he wants to take his game a little bit in the paint. He's not really a guy who drives to the rim a lot. He's he's definitely a three-point shooter, definitely a jump shooter, but I think maybe he can add a little bit more of that into his game this season. Uh, he's He had like 23 during the exhibition that I saw against Northern Michigan. Uh, I'm not sure what he had against Fair State last night, but I know that they romped him by like 50 points. You'll have to forgive me on that keeping up on the exhibitions too much, but um, <laughs> especially with Michigan football going on right now. But I will uh, – yeah, Burn, Burn Forbes is going to be huge. He, he's, he's a guy I think that if he was not already on your radar, he better be on your radar. He, I believe that he'll be an all-Big Ten caliber player. I, I do think that he's going to be – I mean, it'll be Denzel Valentine's show, no doubt about that. But if you're, if you're looking for a right-hand man – um, Brent Forbes is definitely the guy, and then those two, you know, they're former high school teammates at Lansing Sexton. They've won together in high school. They want to do it again, and uh, I think that's that's a really good combo. And, and you know, truthfully, two years ago, you would have told me this. I probably wouldn't have believed it because the knock on Forbes was he wasn't big. He didn't really play a ton of defense. He was like 170 pounds. Um, he's near I want to say he's about 190 now, 195 maybe. So he's, you know, he's gotten a lot mm-hmm. bigger. 
And um, yeah, he's the four. Forbes, out of th- I think, out of anybody on Michigan State's roster, his transformation to me has been kind of the most notable. Yeah, yeah, and it, he'll be a, uh, you know, you you hear a lot of talk, you know, obviously, you know, we'll get into the wing group in a, in a second with, with Valentine, but Forbes definitely is like a guy who's getting a lot of uh, attention as one of the better players on the team. Um but uh, but yeah, but yeah. Moving on to the the wing group, uh, I mentioned Valentine. Obviously, uh, a lot of hype with him coming into the summer um, and coming into the season. Uh, what do you expect out of Valentine, uh, Javon Bess, uh, a couple of these wing guys this season? Well, it was weird. Bess Izzo compared Bess's game a little bit. He said he's got some Draymondism in him. I think that was the exact Draymond something. Dray, we'll call it Draymondism, um, which I thought was. Refreshing if you're, you know, if you're a Michigan State fan, that's that's definitely something you want to hear. I mean, um, last year, you know, as all going back to Tom Tom, he said that he saw some Mateen Cleaves in him. You know, that's that's obviously something, you know, basketball wise, that Spartans fans like to hear. So I think when, um, you know, you you get a guy even remotely compared a little bit with Draymond, I, I think that bodes well. Um, Javon's real athletic. We haven't really seen what he. Yet, you know, so he's kind of like the it's the the X factor is the, the guy that you project doing a lot based on you know uh, what he's capable of, but yet there's there's not a large sample size with Denzel Valentine. I think you know he's he's a guy who people have mentioned as a potential player of the year. I know that there are people who are on the fence about you know as far as like a preseason All American list and is Denzel Valentine really that good? I think I think he can be that good, and what. What's missing from his game, I think he doesn't have that like that razzle dazzle finishing that you know some some guys have. He's a he's a phenomenal uh, floor general. He really he can really just work the offense. He doesn't even have to be the point man in the offense. So Denzel being out there makes everything run smoothly. He's he's just one of those players who has that it factor. I think um, you know expectations wise from Denzel Valentine got to lead the team in scoring. He's got to be one of the, the leaders in, um, you know, assists in the Big Ten, if not in the country. I mean, he, he really does have a, t- a total package to where you can see those comparisons when Tom Izzo said he passes like Magic Johnson. I mean, he does. And uh, I think that that's expectations-wise. He's a senior now. That doubles it uh, automatically, especially if, if you're an Izzo senior. So, I mean, to – to expect anything than a than an all conference and you know maybe something close to where he's mentioned as a national player of the year. I mean, that's I think that's what people expect. Yeah, yeah, and and one of the one of the interesting things is I I really feel like you know generally there's kind of consensus about you know who's going to be the better players in the Big Ten or or the country. Um, you know, in the Big Ten, a lot of guys who get talk are you know Yogi Ferrell, Mel Trimble, guys like that. It seems like people are so mixed on Valentine. Some, some love him, some are kind of down on him. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. You know, I, I think he kind of gets overshadowed because he doesn't have that one area that that's crazy, you know, crazy elite. But he's so diverse in his skill set. Uh, is that something you agree with, or? Yeah, I think. I mean, he he really he could play four out of five positions on the floor. I think against any team without a problem. Um, depending on, you know, if Izzo's going with a small lineup, I don't know if you, you know, if there's a scenario where he'd be a five, but yeah, diverse. He, he just, he's one of those guys who's just such a smart player. Talking with him, 
you know, basketball is very much natural to him. He's he's very much um, one of those guys who allows Izzo to do what he wants. You know, I think, um, you know, I think some players may not be as receptive to coaching, and maybe that's why we see coaches like Tom Izzo. He's able to he's able to get a whole lot out of guys. I mean, let's face it. Four years ago, when people were talking about recruiting, people weren't talking about Denzel Valentine. Now they are, so I think that's kind of I think that's kind of the proof right there. He lets Izzo do what he does. Uh, guys develop. I mean, Den, Denzel Valentine's got the physical attributes. You know, six five, six five, six five and a half, two twenty five ish. Um, and like I mentioned, he's got a complete game. I I think for for me, and if I want, you know, just being picky, if I if I had something, I'd like to see Denzel have a stronger finish game. Maybe something like. What what uh, Brandon Dawson had Denzel doesn't have that dominant defensive presence either. But offensively, anytime he's around the ball or the ball's in his hand, I don't know if there's anybody in the country who can do as many things as he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, de- I'm definitely in agreement. And you know, he in a lot of ways he kind of reminds me of Aaron White, um, which which is meant as a compliment. I I really liked Aaron White's game last year. Just such a diverse. You know, he can rebound, pass, shoot, uh, score inside. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, going to be an interesting for Valentine for sure. But, but moving on uh, in our positional breakdowns here, uh, up to the front court, uh, Brandon Dawson, as you mentioned, uh, he, he's out the door off to the NBA. Uh, but there are a few key returners. Uh, Costello's back, Schilling's back. Um, what, what do you expect out of the front court this year? Well, the, the key addition – is freshman Deontay Davis. He's he's put on a lot of weight too. Um, if you look at some of like his recruiting tape, he was a skinny kid with braids, you know, and that just kind of made him look gangly. You know, he had his hair whipping around and stuff. He 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 cut the braids. He's like two forty five, two fifty, just um, just packed solid. I mean, he's he looks like a defensive end. Uh, just a really athletic defensive end, real lean, powerful. He had four, he had four blocks during that uh, exhibition versus Northern. The refs had to tell him to settle down a little bit, which I which I thought was kind of funny actually. Um, uh, Twelve points, if I'm remembering correctly. Deontay is going to be a force. Deontay, I think he's like a lot of freshmen. It's just going to be one of those uh, one of those years where he learns. He's going to make some mistakes. But I think just his natural talent is what's going to shine through. And I mean, really, um, if if we if we revisit this conversation maybe in like late January, early February, and then again heading into March, I think that we'll be able to to really see measurable leaps and bounds with him. Because I think, you know, at, at he's listed at six ten, two fifty, two forty five ish. Like I said, I mean, when you're when you're that size mm-hmm. and as athletic as he is. Um, it's it's really it's really hard to discount him. I mean, he's I I think Deontay Davis is going to be a superstar. I really do. And where do you kind of see him fitting in? Do you see him as a center this year or more as a, as a power forward? It, it it depends on the on the lineup. Um, I I can see him. I could see him playing center. You know, because Izzo I think does want a traditional center. Uh, he, he compared him a little bit to Paul Davis, who who was excellent. You know, he he played the four and the five. Paul, you know, real tough. I think wherever it's going to be one of those things where he's got to work him in the lineup. I don't know if he's going to be an immediate, um, 
you know, major impact guy every night. But I, I am so confident just in what I've heard, all of everybody talking about him, all the players talking about him. I mean, Izzo's, Izzo's got himself a player. Deontay Davis is a guy who, who is going to, um, whenever he decides to leave Michigan State, if he, whether he's there, you know, two or three years, he, he's gonna, he's gonna leave a mark. I mean, he, he is that good. Uh, he can shoot. I don't think that a lot of people uh, realize that. And Izzo brought up as well. One of the uh, other parts of his game that make him so dangerous and it complements his rebounding is his outlet passing game. And he said that he doesn't think anybody really knows about that. He didn't even really know about it until he started seeing it. So, um, you know, we talk about those guys that could be molded and, and stuff like that. Deontay Davis um, is kind of like the, the opposite of some of the other guys who don't come in highly heralded, uh, heralded as a recruit. He comes in as a big time recruit, and he's and he's kind of got that uh you know that putty factor to him to where Izzo can mold him. So I'm excited to see where he'll be at. Like I said, you know when we maybe talk about this in, in late January and then look back at him in February and then end, entering March, I'm really excited to to see what happens with him. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm really interested to see you know. Obviously, you know you don't want to get too ahead because there's a there's a lot of games and a lot of a lot of things to see out of this team. But um, you know there are a lot of wing options. But man, if you could get him into the lineup somewhere, whether it's power forward or center, uh, he definitely seems like a guy who could make a an early impact. But but moving on, kind of you know we we talked about Davis. Obviously, he he's a newcomer, but Michigan State is also welcoming uh, a few others. Uh, Matt McQuaid coming in this year, uh, Kyle uh, Arids. Um, and then you also have uh, a transfer uh, in Aaron Harris. Uh, what what do you expect out of this recruiting class? You know, obviously you talked about Davis in, in length, but uh, who might be another guy to watch? And you know, Harris is, has been getting a lot of chat uh, this off season. Uh, what what are, are you expecting out of him as well? Um, and real quick, I'll touch back on the front court. Just Gavin showing he's he's uh been somebody that as I said last year had to fall in love with basketball again he has he trained you know he uh, had a hard training off season you know how that how that goes it, that story is the same for a lot of guys and, and Matt Costello as well so those those guys just I'll, I'll keep it short with them those guys just have to be better I think that's the the easiest thing to say um <laughs> as far as Aaron Harris's Aaron Harris goes he's got a really nice jump step He's he's got those shifty, deceptive moves that make him an elite scorer. He can shoot from anywhere on the floor. Um, doesn't play defense up to par where Izzo wants it at this point. He made a joke about how he thought, you know, some guys who are shooters don't feel like they have to play defense. So um, I think with Aaron Harris, that that'll be the that'll be the thing. Um, you know, how how can he complement his offensive game by uh, helping out on the defensive side? But he he's another guy who can be an elite scorer, and, and if you get Valentine and Forbes going, and then Aaron Harris is you know that that third piece, or maybe he can relieve Forbes, or you know you run a combination of two of the three, um, he, he can be really dangerous. So I think as a newcomer, um, you know obviously he's not a newcomer to college basketball, transferring from West Virginia, but as a newcomer to Michigan State, he's somebody people want to pay attention to. Uh, Matt McQuaid, he. Matt McQueen and Kyle Arns both, I'll lump them together. They're, they both have the, um, I'm trying to look for the right word, the, 
just that attitude. I've talked to both of those guys, and you know, we, I've mentioned coachable players. They're in they're in that mold. Um, Matt McQuaid, natural shooter, really strong um, legs. When you if you see Matt McQuaid, um, and that, that, that's that's funny as well because if you look at him, he's so trunky. Um, you know, down low, he's got the rest of his upper body's got to catch up to him. But he's got that really solid base that makes for for a great shooter. So I think he's even played a little bit of point guard. You know, I mean, I think that he might even get get some uh, a little bit of that as well. Kyle Arns, uh, he can score, and he's one of these kids you meet. He, you know, real real nice kid. And as a freshman, you know, you can tell that he's got that kind of uh, you know youthful, naive thing going on. You know, he's taking on the world. He's in college. But this kid, this kid flips the gear when he's on the court. He he gets really aggressive. He can dunk. He you know finish well at the rim. He can shoot. Um, it, it's just a matter of him catching up. I, I remember talking with him on media day, and he said, you know, it's just a thing with him. Um, you know, like baseline drills and defense and stuff like that that he's he's just trying to perfect. You know, it's, it's little things. He's making mistakes. He's learning, and I I think that'll be the case. Uh, for him and McQuaid. I don't expect either one of those guys to be uh, major contributors this season, but I do expect them to be, uh, you know, solid bench guys when Izzo, when Izzo needs a spark. And, you know, I think these first two games, you know, with the exhibitions, that's, that's the goal, get some of the younger guys, especially um, some experience. So those guys will, those guys will be, uh, you know, maturation projects, but I, I think that they'll come along just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and one of the interesting things with McQuaid is, you know, uh, you know, Michigan State has a has a lot of depth across the board, but the point guard they're actually a little bit a little bit thin. You know, they have Tom who I'm sure is going to play a lot of minutes, but yeah, he he might get himself a nice a nice little role there as the backup point guard. But uh, but yeah, yeah that's, moving. That's I guess. Possible. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, that that that's probably possible, and you know, we'll, and we'll probably see Denzel uh, running the point too. Um, as well, but and one more thing about McQuaid is he's also um, he's but he was actually compared as a recruit to Nick Stauskas, and you know I think people listening to this podcast know Nick Stauskas. Nick could shoot, but Nick the the thing that Nick did I I think that that maybe um, that I was most impressed with I guess because I I do like the dunks I am a, a fan I am a fan of guys who attack the rim. Nick added that into it and Matt McQuaid's got that as well so that'll be you know maybe I'm not I'm not going to compare them head up but as far as maybe a jump this year during the season and, and into next year maybe we see Matt bring that more into it I mean then again we haven't even seen him play at the college level so maybe he already will bring it to that but um, I think that's uh, comparison wise athletically uh, he, he is similar to Nick Stauskas yeah, obviously a lofty comparison, but um, but yeah, yeah, and and one one side note, you know, something that uh, you know, maybe the Michigan fans will remember, it, you know, if they're listening to the Michigan State preview, I guess, but uh, um, at, you know, when Trey Burke was kind of going through his decision whether he was going to come back or go to the NBA, uh, they actually were kind of talking about making Nick Stauskas into a point guard as well. So another, you know, uh, random similarity, I guess, between the two. So. That'll be a an interesting uh, development to to follow for sure. Um, Nick, but yeah, I Nick guess, was a, okay. 
I was going to say, Nick was a nice guy. You know, he had he had the baby face thing going on with him. Nice, uh, nice kid from Canada, and he gets on the basketball court and he's an animal. So I think that might be, you know, kind of another similarity. Matt, Matt's kind of got that quietness to him. I think that Nick had when he first got to Michigan, and you know, they open up, you know, when they're around and, and get used to things a little bit more. But um, there, there's also been Clay Thompson comparisons with with Matt McQuaid, and I think that might be more or less um, shooting wise. But either way, you know, he, um, he he is a heck of an athlete, and I think that he 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 will be um, part. I'm trying to look for the right word here because they were talking with the shooters as far as just as far as a shooting team. They're, these guys are really uh, proud of the way that they shoot the ball because as I said, that these guys are probably his best shooting team, if not ever. One, I mean, certainly one of the best shooting teams he's ever had. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I, I know I I did my preview for Michigan State earlier this week, and that was the thing that stood out. Is it looks like a, a really good shooting team, but. Uh, but with that, um, why don't we why don't we back out here a little bit, a little more generally? Um, Michigan State setting up for you know once again, unsurprisingly, a extremely difficult schedule. Um, you know, in the Big Ten, fans kind of know what to expect. You know, you you generally play the same teams. Uh, you know, home and road games. Uh, but in in non conference play, you know, Michigan State has lined itself up. You know, they play Kansas. Um, they're going to get Boston College uh, in the Wooden Legacy Tournament, potentially a matchup with you know, Boise State or Arizona. Um, they play Louisville. They play Florida. They, they even have a few tricky games, you know, with Northeastern and Oakland. Um, you know, I think most are projecting the Spartans to be a pretty good team this year, but uh, is this not conference schedule going to be a, a little bit too much for this team? Well, I mean, they're they're used to it by now. I mean, the the actual player, the actual players who have been around a little bit, you know, Denzel, especially Matt uh, Costello, those those guys are used to it. I mean, it, it might be a little bit of a shock for the freshmen, uh, but I do I do know, you know, when they went to the uh, tournament over in Italy and they were playing, you know, 27 and 28 year old uh, experienced uh, guys. You know, I mean, these guys have been pros you know, Olympic caliber athletes. So, I mean, they, they got their butts kicked a little bit over in Italy. I think that that, that helps. I mean, I think, what is it, November 17th in Chicago and they play Kansas. Um, but if if history says anything, I mean, Michigan State probably loses that game. You know, but it'll probably be one of those games that, as I was talking about in February and March, that got they got them ready for that point. So, um the the Louisville game at at the Breslin Center, I'm a, you know I'm excited about that. Yeah, I mean he does he does it every year, and I think that that's a that's kind of the the method behind his madness. I think that's what makes watching uh you know the non conference schedule for Michigan State so fun because it's um I don't want to call them underdogs all the time, but I mean let's face it when you're you're, you're facing you know Louisville, Kansas. Um, Maybe Arizona. I mean, you're not you're not playing uh, you know easy teams here. So I mean, there they are games that you that they're not going into automatically thinking they're going to win. You know, it's not a it's not a game. Um, and I guess I won't even say Oakland because Oakland's given them a run for their money before. So um, either way, yeah, the the non conference with Michigan State, it's, it's like a preview of March basketball in a way. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. And and you know, I. I'm generally, you know, I 
I, I have, a, you know, very strong opinions about scheduling. I've, I've pretty much ranted about this, you know, in every, every team preview, um, you know, about, I, I don't, I don't want to say, you know, playing the RPI game, but that's kind of what it is. You know, what I support, I guess, in reality, you know, playing teams that you're probably going to beat but are good enough to boost your RPI. And, and the thing about Michigan State's schedule is it's, it's obviously, it's really tough. We mentioned some of the teams, you know, anytime, you know, you're talking about Kansas, who's like a top five team, Arizona, Louisville, Florida, um, you know, potentially like Boise State or Providence, you know, you're talking about a handful of teams that legitimately could be ranked at some point this year. But, but they also have those games, you know, with Northeastern, with Oakland, that, that are good enough to, you know, give them a boost, <laughs> so to speak. And, and I think we, we saw a little of that last year because, um, you know, and, and again, I don't want to get too, too sidetracked with last year here, but, uh, um, you know, Michigan State, frankly, didn't have a good win in non-conference play last year. You know, they lost to Kansas. They lost to Duke. They lost to North uh, – not North uh, – Notre Dame. Um, and obviously they, they got upset by Texas Southern. But, but they had enough of the teams that were, like, just good enough, you know, Marquette and uh, Oakland and Eastern, that, that they were able to make the tournament. And um, that certainly seems like a, a, a valuable thing this year, wouldn't you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that kind of just goes back to when, you know, when we're talking about did I think that they were a Final Four team last year? We're, you know, we're talking about a team that beat Navy 64-59. to 59. So, no, the, you know, that was like the, I think that was the first right, the, the first uh, regular season game of the, uh, of the year. And then, yeah, you mentioned losing to Texas Southern and, and Notre Dame and everybody else. And, I don't. I don't know if I. If I think. I don't know if I see maybe as rough of a time this season. But yeah, it, it, it will be if they. Let's put it. Uh, Louisville, Florida, Kansas, Boston College. I mean, if they can split those two and two, I think that's probably okay. That's that's something they can. That's something that they can run with. That's something, you know, just just as long as uh, you know the quality games and and they could take something from it. I, I think that's I think that's probably okay and and really, you know, as a coach, Izzo wants to win every game, but I mean, you know, he's he's tactical too, so maybe he does look at it like that. Can I just go in there and you know, uh, split these really tough non-conference games and and be happy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree, and you know, it'll at least be entertaining. That's for sure. That's one of the things I always hate when people complain about you know non-conference college basketball. You know, these games are great, but. Uh, but yeah, I guess uh, you know, moving on from that, um, one of the questions I, I like to ask is uh, something, something, you know, what what's something that you think you know could be surprising about this Michigan State team? Uh, something unexpected, or you know, sometimes uh, people have said uh, they're going to upset someone, or uh, certain players going to stand out. Uh, what's something that you think you know people aren't talking about that's going to be surprising about this uh, Spartan team? You know, I'm not. I'm not really sure because the the expectations I have already been set. I mean, they're they're not shy about it at all. But this is, uh, and not to say every team doesn't want to win a national championship, but uh, this is a team that is geared toward winning a national championship this year. I think they have a two year window. Really, that's probably another conversation. Um, you know, with recruiting class, and they're actually signing uh, their class tomorrow. 
uh, at the Breslin Center. So I think that this is this is part one. If the, if if Izzo could, if Izzo can get it this year, you know, great for him. Uh, maybe he'll have a chance to go back to back next year. But this this is just getting the engine revved up. I don't know if I don't know if there is anything that would qualify as a as a surprise to me as far as because I. Like I said, the expectations are already set so high. I don't think there's really any room for surprise. Maybe, maybe Matt McQuaid plays a little bit more point guard than we expect, and maybe Matt becomes a little bit more part of the offense. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you know, maybe Kyle Arns is better than than I expect. Um, I don't think really any. I would, I would say this. I would be surprised. I, I'll flip it. I'd be surprised and and really shocked. If Deontay Davis is not some kind of, uh, you know, man-child come February, and I don't even like using that term, but it's <laughs> the only one that could come to mind right now. If Deontay Davis isn't isn't beasting it by time, you know, late January, early February comes around, I'd be very surprised. Let's put that put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I think I think my surprising thing, uh, semi-similar note, but. Um, I, one of the guys who I talked about, I, I think on last year's preview, uh, was Javon Bess. Um, really, I liked him coming out of high school. He has a great combo of, you know, athleticism, length, uh, size. And I think I think he's set for a big season. You know, obviously he struggled with injury stuff last year. But um, I think he's a guy that not many people are talking about, um, at least outside of East Lansing. And I think he could be set to be a starter this year. I think he could be have a big impact this year. And, you know, might be that extra piece to kind of lift them over the top and, you know, knock off uh, some of these, uh, or at least projected top teams. <laughs> but uh, that, why don't we, why don't we jump into the, the juicy part of the preview here, I guess. Uh, season predictions. Um, what do you see out of the Spartans? Uh, how do they fit into the, the Big Ten? Um, do they make the postseason? I'm assuming yes. So how, how far do you think this team can go? And, uh, yeah, I guess. What are your thoughts on the Spartans for this year? I think they, I think they could, they compete in the top third of the Big Ten, no problem. I, you know, I do think uh, Maryland, it's, it's the Big Ten's Maryland's to, to lose. I, I expect uh, nothing but a Final Four run. And you know, I'll be honest with you, last year though, that was not my expectation. Last year, I was very, I was very unsure because we. You know, Travis Trice wasn't exactly a guy people were looking at um, for star power. And for him to have the, the march that he had as the senior year that he had is just in, incredible. I mean, Travis had battled, uh, you know, injuries, had injuries. He didn't know if he, you know, there was a point where he really didn't know if, uh, if he was going to live. I mean, it, it was that serious, let alone, you know, play basketball again, let alone become a star on the team. So, um you know, if I, just going back to last year, I'm thinking uh, so many things were against the Spartans. Maybe that's maybe those are the teams. You know, history's taught us enough. Those are the teams that, that uh, seem to achieve. You know, we've seen some like the 2012 team didn't didn't live up to expectation. You know, during uh, you know the team Kalen Lucas and Darrell Summers uh, senior year uh, didn't live up to expectation. So. This year it is, it is uh, it's Final Four buses, national championship or bus for these guys. So I guess that's they've they've said it. So I guess that's what I've got to expect. I, I think that that's it's fair um, based on the history. It's fair based on uh, the factors of Izzo having uh, an experienced 
senior being his best player, I think that's always kind of got to be the key. So I, I, I fully expect Michigan State to be there uh, among the final four teams uh, come, come April. Wow, bold, bold pick. <laughs> I don't know. If I'm, I'm, I mean, I, but there's, there's, there's part of me I, I'm going to want to eat my words probably at some point in <laughs> January, um, and then late February, early March, I'll be glad that I said this, and then probably uh, once the tournament starts up, I'll, I'll be thinking, why did I say this? But <laughs> I really don't know what else to say to you, Thomas, because when they, when they lay it out like that, um, that that's a, that's a team expectation. My expectations are that I I think that Tom Izzo is a good enough coach uh, to be able to call shots like that. And if he if he says that a national championship is his goal, if the team if guys like Denzel Valentine say that unfinished business uh, really burns inside them, I gotta believe uh, that they have enough uh, to get there because I don't. Uh, I've never considered Michigan State a, a program that, that spouts off. If anything, Tom Izzo downplays his teams all the time. I mean, he, he downplayed how good it could, it could be last year, you know. So that's uh, – I know it might sound a little bit outrageous, but I'll ask you to play this again for me uh, in March, and <laughs> I guess I'll uh, tell you how I feel then. Is that fair? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I guess for me, I'm I'm not quite as high um, on Michigan State, but uh, I I do I do think this is going to be a certainly a good team. Um, I'd be shocked, you know, just to get it out of the way. I expect them to go to the NCAA tournament. You know, I'd be shocked if they didn't. Um, you know, Izzo has his what like 20 year streak or or whatever going yeah. at this point. But um, I think I think one of the interesting I have them uh, third in the Big Ten. I have them behind Maryland and behind Indiana. Um, interestingly enough, though, I, I actually think this team might have more raw talent and be deeper than the team last year. Um, you know, it, it, it seems like across the lineup, except maybe point guard, you know, we talked a little bit about they might be a little thin there. Um, obviously, they can move some guys over, quote-unquote, out of position. But um, – Outside of that, you know, I, I think they have more quality options across the lineup. You know, adding Deontay Davis up front uh, is going to be huge. Uh, Harris, a guy, really, you know, most Big Ten teams, he would be starting right now. And he looks like he's going to be coming off the bench, at least early on. Um, I mentioned Javon Best is a guy who I think could be set for a kind of a breakout year. So I, I think this team has a lot of talent. The only thing I, I'm concerned about, you know, um, Maybe this sounds kind of short-sighted or, or flawed here, but, you know, it, when you start looking at the top teams, you know, the top 10, final four type of teams, they almost always have at least two major stars, um, at least two to three. And I think Michigan State certainly has one in Denzel Valentine. You know, obviously he's proven that he's an all-Big Ten type of player, um, but, you know, they're going to need Forbes. They're going to need, you know, maybe Harris, maybe Bess. Uh, Dante Davis, one of those guys to become a legitimate all Big Ten type of player if this team is really going to, um, you know, reach that top end uh, of their potential. Um, moving, you know, moving it. So I, I have them third. I, I think they're going. that's going to be one of the things, you know, they're not going to have that second kind of force. But, you know, you know, maybe as you talked about, you know, maybe Forbes can be that guy. You know, we'll have to see. Um, right now, I'm, I think he'll be good. I'm not sure he'll have be quite good enough 
Um, but you know, I'm wrong all the time, so <laughs> you know, we'll see. But um, that's, I mean, that's, know, one of the, it's a... yeah, yeah, and um, you know, one of the other interesting things too, you know, um, hard to you know speculate too much on the tournament just because. Uh, you know, obviously we don't know the matchups yet, <laughs> um, and and you never know kind of how you know. I, I don't want to say Michigan State had an easy route last year. You know, for instance, Villanova going down um, in the uh, run 32 um, was certainly a break, at least at least some some thought. So you you know you never know how those are going to fall, um, and you know they might get into an ultra tough bracket or something. But but I do expect this team at least to be in the Sweet 16. Um, I think I think they certainly have enough to get to the final four, but I think it's going to depend on a uh, one more guy, one more guy emerging. <laughs> but uh, yeah, don't don't need that. And I and I mean I had them losing to Virginia in the in the Sweet 16 last year on my bracket. So Michigan State, you know, screwed up my my uh, bracket. <laughs> um, I think I ended up I had like three of the four final four teams it was, and it was because of it was because of Michigan State. But I agree that it, Valentine's got to have a guy who who comes up and joins him kind of in the in the star ranks. And if it's not um two legitimate stars, maybe they can get by with one one legitimate star and uh two guys who are half a legitimate star and combined to, to fill that void because and and again, I I don't want to mention last year, but I mean last year there wasn't really a legitimate star on the team. Uh, you know, we, you could argue. I mean, Denzel Valentine was a was a very good player, but I mean Travis Trice was not a star point guard. Brandon Dawson was, a, if anything, an underachiever in a lot of people's eyes. So you know, he I don't I don't feel like Brandon Dawson really peaked out at, at Michigan State. So if you it, you haven't. You have a good Michigan State's got a good point guard, who who has now experience and can run the offense with Tom Tom, uh, you know Tom Tom there being that guy, and and Denzel Valentine and Bryn Forbes. Uh, it's 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 so hard, Thomas. I mean, we've both watched enough basketball to know. I mean, you're damned if you do, and you damn and you're damned if you don't in regards to Michigan State basketball. So it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, do do, do I want to try to be as uh, you know, I grew up watching Big Ten basketball. And do I want to, do I want to just see Michigan State for what it is and uh, a team that surprises, or do I, you know, is it going to prove once again that it is, you know, a, a, an elite program in the country, cream of the crop of the Big Ten, and, and go on one of these crazy runs that, that happen, you know, what seven out of uh, the past fifteen years? So we, it's so hard to tell with Michigan State basketball. I do think it has the pieces. Uh, to make a run to the Final Four, though I, I truly believe that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think there there's enough there. Um, I think I think just the uncertainty, you know, as you were talking about too, of of just that second star emerging, um, does hold me back a little bit from getting to that top one. But um, but yeah, and I mean, who knows? You know, if Michigan State can pull off and you know an upset of Kansas and you know knock off you know Florida and Louisville or something like that, they could they could go into March with a with a really nice seed. So. That that'll be something to watch as well. But uh, but Adam, you know, thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, any final thoughts here on Michigan State, the Big Ten, uh, college basketball, as as we're in the final days before the season? I I think it's it's what we've you know grown 
uh, accustomed to the past couple, of, and especially now that Maryland's in the league, it, I, I feel like it just makes the Big Ten that much better. I was, I was, you know, very excited when it was announced that the Terps, uh, not necessarily for football, but for basketball. I, I thought, boom, right there, you you get another, you get another team that's going to compete with Wisconsin. You get another team that's going to compete with Michigan and Michigan State and, and Indiana. So that's I'm really excited about that. I think the Maryland did a a heck of a job last year, and uh, you know solidifying itself. And and Hayden, come we're coming from the ACC where where we had a lot of success. We're going to go to the Big Ten and we're going to have a lot of success. So it's it's Maryland, uh, I think is is the team to watch. Purdue Caleb Swanigan looks pretty good. I think I think we're going to be in for a, re- a really fun year. I think that um, you know you look over at Michigan. There's a lot of there's a lot of potential over there. Um, the health is going to be a, a main reason, but I think I think that Michigan will be a tournament team and Mich- and uh, compete in the top third of, of the Big Ten as well. You know, because I mean we're looking at uh, you know 14 teams here, so I you know cut it off top. I'll just say top five. I think I think Michigan can sneak in there, but I'm with you as far as uh, Maryland. I think Indiana is going to be real good too. So that's uh that's kind of what I'm what I'm watching for. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm thrilled. You know, it kind of it, it kind of reminds me of going into that 2012-13 season where almost every game had implications. Uh, you know, number one versus like number three games happened a couple times. You know, so it should be a a, a really exciting season. But uh, but Adam, thanks again for joining us, and we appreciate it. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Uh, again, that was uh, Adam Biggers of, of Today's U. Uh, he does a lot of coverage on, on the Spartans, um, also does a lot for the, the Wolverines as well. So if you're from the, the Mittens, definitely a guy to follow on Twitter um, and, and check out Today's U. Uh, I actually do a little contributing over there as well uh, for college basketball. So definitely worth worth checking out. But but with that, we are, we are done with our preview for Michigan State. We are done with our preview for the Big Ten. Uh, how about that? <laughs> Several weeks, and, and we're just a couple days away from the regular season starting. So it, it's an exciting time for college basketball. But, but I'm Thomas Bendit, uh, manager of BT Powerhouse. You can follow me on Twitter, T Bendit, and make sure to check out BT Powerhouse as our, our final preview coverage next year. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.